When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, this episode is the special draft preview of the unofficial Bengals podcast. I'm going to go over some draft philosophies. I'm going to go over what I think the Bengals should do in this draft. And then I'm also going to go over what I think the Bengals will do in this draft. What's up, Bengal Nation? This is Adrian the Mad Backer Ross, and you're listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. Who day? Welcome to the 2023 NFL Draft. So the draft is upon us. It's finally here. The most exciting time in the offseason for the NFL. The 2023 draft is here. The Bengals are going to draft seven new players. It's an exciting time. It's three days of NFL analysis and football and reshaping your roster and, and new hopes and new dreams. I just absolutely love it. I'm going to be watching every minute of the draft it's happening fast. I mean, the season ended. Here we are with the draft. Before you know it, they're going to start practicing. And before you know it, we're going to have Joe Burrow throwing touchdown passes to Higgins, Chase, and Boyd. All right, so let's talk a little bit about my draft philosophies. And I've mentioned this in past years, but I figured it would be worth going over this year because the draft is approaching. And I just want to give you my stance on how I view the NFL draft. So first off, we're picking 28th in this draft. But if you take out the positions that we don't need, so you know you figure we don't need a quarterback, we're not going to draft a wide receiver in the first round, linebacker, running back, those are positions you're probably not going to go for in the first round. I just looked at a general mock draft on who was going to go in the first round. And if you look at those positions that I just mentioned as us not going for and all the other positions being alive, we're probably going to get like our top 18 or so rated player. So when you think about it, even though we're picking late, if you want to put a positive spin on it, you know, you're getting one of your top 15 choices out of coming out of college this year. So it's not always as bad as you think when you pick late in the draft, especially when you don't need a quarterback or a wide receiver or some of those positions. 
And if you want to take that a step further and go to the second round where we're picking 60th in the draft, I also did the numbers on the projections for who was going to kind of go before then. And it looks like we're going to get like one of our top 30 or so players. So again, despite picking late in the draft, you can get two of your top 30, 32 players in those first two rounds. And that's my mentality. And you've heard me say this before. The first two rounds of the draft are crucial. The rest of the draft doesn't matter to me, to be honest with you. I know you fill the back end of your roster. You, you Sometimes you hit on late round picks and they become star players. But for the most part, get as many top 50 players as you can. If we go into a draft and we get three of our top 50 players and nothing else, that's a successful draft. Because when you think about it, you don't get many starters. And I'm going to go over some numbers in a minute that backs this. In rounds three through seven, you don't typically get that many starters. So every draft you think, and if you go to our last five in particular, you're hoping to get two starters. I mean, it would be nice to get more. Sometimes teams do. If you look at what we've done the last five draft, it's been about two and a half. Like a couple years, it's been two starters. A couple years, it's been three starters. So that's very successful drafting. You definitely want to have more than one starter pulled out of a seven-round draft. So we're on target with our history of having a couple new starters this year as well. But again, going back to the top 50 picks, you know, draft capital is such a big buzzword around the NFL. The executives swear by it. You know, some of the diehard fans and the diehard draft guys really live by it and, you know, get as much draft capital as you can. I always thought it was weird when, when teams trade like a superstar for a fifth round pick. Because if you look at the success rate of a fifth round pick, it's pretty low. Chances are that guy will not be a starter. Probably less than 10% that that guy is going to be a starter. All right, so some numbers. Here is the last five drafts to illustrate how rounds three through seven are not that important. So we've had 34 picks in the last five drafts in rounds three through seven. And we've gotten five starters. Now, that's a, that's a good amount. That's But remember, that's 14%. That's closer to 1 in 10 than 2 in 10. So you think about it. That's a lot of picks where you're not getting a starter. I know you'll get role players. We just talked about that. But if you even go deeper into that and look at the five starters, you know, I consider certain positions marquee. Let's just rattle through them. Quarterback is a marquee position. Elite wide receiver. Offensive tackle. Edge rusher. And corner. Right? You think those are the five main positions. Other positions, obviously, they have their importance. But those are the big five. So if you go to the last five drafts, rounds three through seven, we have Sam Hubbard as a starter. He's a defensive end. So you can call him an edge rusher, but he's more of a defensive end than a, a pure pass rusher. But we'll, we'll call him an elite position. Aside from that, you have a linebacker in Pratt, great player. Linebacker in Wilson, great player. A kicker in McPherson, difference maker, but you don't see kickers get drafted in the first few rounds. And then you have an offensive guard in Volson. Offensive lineman, definitely a premier position, but tackles more premier than guards. So last five years, those are the only starters that we pulled in rounds three through seven. Now, if you want to take it one step further and go rounds four through seven, there's only been two starters out of the 28 picks. That's 7%. That's less than a 1 in 10 chance that you're going to get a starter in rounds 4 through 7 based on recent Bengals history. And we've been drafting well, better than most teams. I'm sure teams have even lower numbers than this. But in those rounds 4 through 7, you have McPherson, a kicker, and Volson, a guard. No elite positions there. So my main point is, let's really focus on getting our top 50 players. 
as many players as we can out of the top 50 because after that, you can get starters and effective role players late in the draft, but the odds favor you missing much more than you're going to hit on those. So that's why I really feel it's important. Get as many of those top 50 players as you can. You get three of them, that's a massively successful draft. And then when you do approach the draft, there's a couple different philosophies. Now, the best player available is seemingly the most successful and most popular draft philosophy. So I agree with that. You take the best player available, and then you take the premier positions, corner, trenches, pass rusher, and then needs. So I would rank them in that order. Yes, you do have to address your needs or else you're going to have glaring holes on your roster. But you take the best player available, that's going to work out more often than not. So that's the philosophy here, especially when you're picking late. You know, just get the best possible player that you can. And odds are he's going to be a top 20 player on our board because, again, we don't need all those other positions. And last year's draft showed that even if you're picking late in the draft, you can still find starters. We, we picked 31st last year, and we got three starters out of that draft. Dax Hill didn't start year one, but he's going to be. Cam Taylor, Britt, and Volson. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so let's go over what I would do in this draft. Now, I, I told you guys, I don't follow the college game, so I'm not going to sit here and rattle off about players that I've never seen play and just read about. That's not fair. That's not the way it should be done. What I like to do is give what I would do positionally. And, of course, this is going to depend on what players are there. The best player theory is going to come into play sometimes. But, in general, if I controlled this draft and all the players fell the right way... I would go like this. First round, number 28, offensive tackle. Let's fix that right tackle position. Let's not worry about the health of Lyle Collins, you know, on, on making it a good year for us or not. Let's let's take the bull by the horns there and let's get a starting caliber offensive tackle there. And I think it is possible if the right guys fall. And then I mean if Lyle was healthy, we wouldn't have to address it this early. We could we could depend on that, but I mean, he got injured on Christmas, and I know he, he wants to get back week one, but I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to come back a little bit later than that. Injuries happen at that position all the time, so let's get another quality tackle in that room, and I think you can do that at the end of round one. Round two with pick number 60, I think that's where you go for the tight end. It's a deep draft. I know there's a couple marquee ones at the top that maybe if they fall, you're going to want to take them, but we do need more tight ends in the building. You know, Irv Smith, we don't know what he's going to be. I mean, we, we're hoping for the best. He has good upside, but he's been injured a lot. He's a little undersized. So I think it's very important that we add a tight end or two in this draft. And this seems like a good spot to get one because it is so deep. You probably can pull one of the top four or five tight ends at pick number 60. So that's the way that I would go. Offensive tackle, tight end. And then round three, I'm, I'm going to say you're, it's a top 100 pick. Let's go for a safety there. Because I'm still unsure of what we're going to get out of Dax Hill. We don't know what we're going to get out of Nick Scott fully. And again, there's not much behind those guys as far as starting quality safeties. A lot of good special teams guys, but not scrimmage guys. 
And safety is one of those positions where you could probably get a starter in the third, fourth round. You see a lot of that. You don't even see a lot of safeties go in the first round unless they're just a really electric, dynamic player. So I believe that we can get a starting quality safety or someone at least to rotate in there or, or have it for depth if there's any problems or these guys don't work out. I think that's what you go in round three. So it could be anything, any combination of these, like offensive tackle, tight end, safety. I feel you just do that in the first three rounds in some capacity. That would address our needs. Now, again, it's going to depend on who the best guys are when we pick. Then after that, you know, it's it's kind of a coin flip. You just don't know if these guys are going to work out, if they're going to be depth. You don't know what you're going to get. So maybe in the fourth round, we pick up another guard. We had a little more depth at that position. We ride off the success of drafting Volson in the fourth round last year. Maybe we get another bookend guard. I know we have Kappa, but if you get a, a good, pure guard who's one of the top five in this draft, that would be a major success for this organization to get with the 131st pick. Then fifth round, I go right back to tight end, and I go back to what we've done in previous years. Like last year, we needed defensive backs, and we grabbed like three corner safety hybrids. We had the one year where we grabbed three linebackers. You know, this feels like a year, because it's so deep in tight end, that we can really load up our roster with some young players and, and have that room set for years. So it really just falls right into the Bengals' needs that tight end is such a deep position in this draft. So yes, let's get one in the second round. Let's get one in the fifth round. Sixth round, I'm going to say go for a punter. Maybe you get one of the top one or two punters in the country and give Christmas some competition. You know, maybe get a real difference maker like McPherson was that kicker a couple years back. I would say late in the draft, a sixth rounder, you know, you're not getting a starting tackle there or a quality edge rusher, right? Let's get a position with the 206th pick that is kind of best player available for that pick and grab one of the best punters in the nation. Then seventh round, anything goes here. You just take the best player. But if I'm going to put a position on it, I would say you can get a running back here or maybe even a returner. Now, I don't want to give two choices because that's not fair. So I'm going to say a running back. You can get a seventh round running back that could be a bell cow or can be a rotational guy. And even though we have some horses there, it's, it's looking like Mixon and Williams and Evans are going to be fighting for that number two slash third down back. But maybe you get another thumper here, a guy that can carry the ball on first and second down and be physical, fresh legs. So I would say seventh round is a good spot to get a running back. So here it is again. Offensive tackle, tight end, safety, guard, tight end, punter, running back. That's my predictions. I don't know that the Bengals are exactly going to go that way, but if I had my choice, that's what I would do. Now, here's my prediction on what I think the Bengals are going to do. I think the first round, they're going to go corner. You know, we're notorious for grabbing those corners in the, in the 20s in the first round, and this year, it's a deep position. It's lining up well, and, you know, I've had a few people on my show talk that kind of got in my head, like, you know what? Awuzier is on the last year of his contract and coming off an injury, but there's a lot of uncertainty behind him. You have some good veteran players, but you don't know who's going to pan out. It could be the time to invest in another corner and solidify that position for a bunch of years. So I have no problem with the Bengals do in the first round. It doesn't matter. Just no matter what they take. If they take a phenomenal wide receiver, you know we'd all be happy. If a, if the best safety in the draft falls there, we'd be happy. It, it really doesn't matter. I'm going to be thrilled with whatever they do. I personally would go for one more offensive lineman just to keep that mentality going. But I can see the Bengals going corner in the first, tackle in the second, because you can probably get a starting quality tackle in the second round of this draft. 
And then in the third round, you go with the tight end. Because I think maybe they have Irv Smith rated a little more highly than I do. So they're probably feeling like, all right, Smith is going to be the starter. Let's get a quality tight end in, in the third round, which I also think you can do. So where I went tackle, tight end, safety, I think the Bengals are going corner, tackle, tight end. Fourth round, I have them picking a safety because they do need other guys there, and that's a round where you can get a safety. And then I could see them going for a running back in the fifth. I have them taking a punter just like me in the sixth, and I have them just taking a defensive end in the seventh. So Bengals, corner, tackle, tight end, safety. Running back, punter, defensive end. Put it in the book. We can't lose either way. We're getting seven new players this weekend. It's going to be thrilling to watch the NFL back in action. So this is our off-season fix before things hit a little bit of a lull, and then they heat up again and we're ready for action. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music, definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The unofficial Bengals podcast.